0: Block Talk
1: Radiance. Block Talk Radiance. Welcome once again to Free on the Inside. I'm your host, Minister Joy Lewis, and you're listening to another great episode of Free on the Inside. We have a very special edition of our show today. We reached back into our archives and we pulled out a very special selection just for you and you alone. You know, I do jail ministry and street and prison ministry, and occasionally I run across men. Just Like myself, have that passion Have that desire, have that drive To change the life of someone I said change the life, or, we can't do anything apart from God But God said Go ye therefore and baptize in the name of the Father Son and Holy Ghost And lo, I'll be with you always That sounds like to me, that's saying change the life You know, you think about it, think about it What life have you been asked to change and intervene in on But uh, I have met a young man Named uh, James Reed Now he's a Pastor James Reed and he have been nominated. Listen to this now, because of what he did in the ministry, because of what he went through, he had been nominated by the Dallas Morning News as the Texan of the year in the jail uh, in the jail ministry as the reentry program. He's the director of the prison uh, reentry program, called, uh, the prison coalition. And so, I want you to listen to this interview by. Dr. James Reed, Pastor James Reed You know, because he went through some things But yet, but yet, when he heard the, the voice of God And he said, for God, what would you have me to do? And Brother Reed is very ser- uh, serious about what he do And very sincere about what he do And I am so glad for him to be a friend of mine And I thought it would be a, a proper time to reintroduce you To Mr. James Reed and you are listen to Free On The Inside. The calling number is 310982 4126. It's my personal number. You can reach out to me. But in order to call the studio, you can call three one zero 4126. And to get you in to talk to me and our guest and our co host, uh, Brother Richard Daniel. But today we're going to have a, uh archive show from Mr. James Reed. And so we pray that you enjoy, kick back, relax, and enjoy this portion of Free On The Inside Ministry. I will guess it's Mr. James Reed. God bless you. I'll be back with you shortly. Next watch, you'll hear me, Mr. James Reed. Blog Talk Radio. Thanks, man. There is a word especially for you. Well, hello, welcome once again to our weekly Internet broadcast, Free on the Inside. I'm your host, Brother Joy Lewis. and Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for uh, continuing to support this program here. Amen. This show is set up. This show is set up to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be all you can be in Christ Jesus. I'd like to say uh, hello to our partners that, uh, that help support Granny's Place. I'd like to say hello to our founder, Sister Beverly Beasley, and her staff over at Granny Place, which is a non profit organization which is attempting to meet the needs of our young people. And we say attempting to reach the needs God we know that those things may change. But we want to be in the flow of things. So, you know, what what you know' this is a religious program and we serve a God that changes not. But you know, he changes things in the in the frame in the uh, let's say in the fullness where we can accept those things. Our God is the same. But the things around us change. And guess what? God is aware of that. And God is okay right that. And he's not intimidated. So we want to use the tools that we have presented to make a difference in the world. This internet program, we pray that it makes a difference to the listener. This uh, the the program that we offer that we share with you. We pray that it makes a difference. We're being blessed for the last uh few months with some great guests we thank you for calling in we thank you for your support but we're going to continue to go on with the business at hand i'd like to say hello to our uh, to our mentoring team over at the uh, dallas life foundation Uh, we was over there yesterday and we talked to several guys over there that's in the mentoring program and the guys are truly being blessed and uh, they are they have a vision they have a goal they say hey we're going to make a difference and you know, and before I go any further, I'm going to give you this number. I would like for you to call or speak to our guests. We have a, a great guest coming up. We have two guests coming up here. Matter of fact, and but uh, I would love for you to call in and just uh, say hello to our guests and ask them some questions here. Amen. Uh, number the in number is going to be one three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. Again, let me repeat that number. It's going to be one three one zero nine eight two 4126 give us a call and just uh and just say hello to to me or say hello to our guests and we have a uh, Mr. James Reed is coming up here shortly he's from the churches church prison coalition which is a program set up to, hex, to help our uh our uh ex-offenders in the aftercare program once they get out in out of jail, once they, they time have been served, what you do next, you know? Where, where do I go? How do I get a job? How do I get an ID? How do I get back in the, in the scheme of things here? How do I be productive in today's society? And that's what this program is all about, helping those that's less fortunate, because guess what? Someone helped us. I didn't get here by myself. It was through the grace and the mercy of God, and it was about people that walked beside me and encouraged me and to challenge me to be all that I could be in Christ Jesus. We like to say hello to our uh, uh, church family, uh, Shady Grove Baptist Church, Pastor Morgan, his and uh, First Lady Sister Yolanda Morgan. Good morning to you. Say hello to our jail ministry team, Sister McBride, Sister Gwendolyn Jackson, and all those that's associated with our women jail ministry. Like to say hello to. Our men, uh ministry, jail ministry, Brother Ricky Henry. Good morning, uh, Brother Ricky Henry. And Reverend Walker, God bless you, Reverend Walker. Reverend Walker is the head of our uh, Trinity Jail and Prison Ministry. He's been laboring for quite a number of years in the vineyard. And guess what? He had not finished yet. He's not tired yet. And he continually do the thing that God has put forth for him to do. And also we'd like to say hello to Pastor Terry over at the First Free Will Baptist Church. As well, we host our computer training class, we've been going on over there for, for a year and a half, and the young men are being blessed, and they are eager to come out uh, and to the computer class, and that is so, and that is a blessing because you know you ought to find something that you're excited about, you ought to find something that 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 drives you. To do better and find something that you're willing to share with people. You know, I do a lot of ministry. Not the case. I meet people that say I ain't gonna help nobody. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna support nobody. and it, it breaks my heart because you know, I remember somebody helped me, somebody supported me, and they told me once I got myself together, and I didn't really know what it was all about. They said, "Man, when you when you get yourself together, you to go out and help somebody else." And you know that same day Jesus told Peter, He said, "Peter, say that's permission to sift you." But when you are restored, Peter, you to go and help somebody else, I got to thinking, man, you know, this is something that's already been selling heaven, you know. And I got to think about the enemy. You know, the enemy don't want to just take everything from us all at once. He wants to sift us. He wants to take our joy. He want to take our peace. He wants to take our sanity. And you know what? All that stuff has a little attack for, well, you know. People say, man, you ain't like you used to be. Man, you don't have anything like you used to do. That's because we, it's been a sifting in our and I like. but glory be to God. And I'm going back to God now because this is a religious program, you know. This is the information program, but we where we keep Christ uh, in the in the center of everything that we do. You know, there's a sifting going on. I mean, the programs like this and programs that we present to you is a uh, is set up to help you stop that sifting, for you to be an encourager, for you to be a help so to someone else. Now we're gonna bring our guest on here shortly, but I did want to just say hello to our young men over at our computer training class, Pastor uh, Richard Terry, that's over there at the Free Will Baptist Church, They're located in the Duncanville area of uh, Dallas. And now I have to rem- uh, remind the listening audience and myself: this is an internet program, so this program goes beyond Dallas County, it goes around the world. We had guests uh, from California, we had guests from Detroit, Michigan, we had guests from North Carolina. And guess what, you're our guest out so regardless of where you are now, you're part of this your program, and you're part of this ministry, and we thank God for it. But as we get ready to uh, go on with the show, and uh, we just want to just continue to do what God asks us to do, we're going to uh, dial up our first guest here, Brother Reed here, and we're going to play this musical selection, and as he's up. Uh, and as we calling him up, we would like for you to just be blessed and tell somebody about us. Okay, just take this moment to call him, say, "Hey, man, free on the inside is all man. They got a great guest on there. This young man's gonna come here, and he's gonna talk about how to be involved in the jail and prison ministry and the aftercare program. He's with the Church Prison Coalition, and he's doing a great work in in the jail uh, in the jail portion of society. So we want to continually to support them and encourage them, and also. Allow them to be all they can be, amen And so as you listen to this song right here uh, We're calling up our uh, first guest Ladies and gentlemen I want to introduce to you right now Young Donovan He's 11 The problem we're facing right now Is we're losing our children Fathers, we need you Good morning, you're on the net Good morning, Morning. you're on the net Good morning, uh, Mr. Reed, how you doing, sir?
0: Wonderful, how are you this morning?
1: I'll do it great. Thank you for being a guest on our weekly Internet broadcast, uh, Free on the Inside. And, Brother Reed, uh, Mr. Reed, would you please introduce yourself to our listening audience and tell us about the program and what you're involved in.
0: Yes, no problem. Um, I'm James Reed, and I work with a nonprofit organization called the Dallas Leadership Foundation. And the Dallas Leadership Foundation is an organization that does community development strategic planning, and strategic partnerships. My role there is I am the director of an organization called Church Prison Collaborative. And Church Prison Collaborative is designed to work with a number of churches across the board um, to work together to come out and do a comprehensive reentry, prison reentry uh, resource plan for people who are coming out of prison. Amen. All right, great, great.
1: Now, tell me now, what is this uh, uh, this program? How do uh, it makes a difference on our inmates that are being released?
0: Okay, one of the very things that uh, that we found that uh, working with these offenders that is imperative that we must uh, spend the time in terms of pre-release wise now. I want to say this is that there's many of churches who are coming into the institutions and doing great things. And I really want to be able to give them um, the props. Uh, But the challenge is that um, the real question lies in where is the church when these individuals are being released? And so what we're trying to do is through this Church Prison Collaborative, we set up a a pilot program down at the Hutchins State Jail Unit whereas our faith based initiative program where we've gotten churches involved and taking these men who has have had a six month or nine month sentence left on their uh, on their sentence. And what we do is we bring these churches in and create these programs to where they can go through such as substance abuse programs, spiritual development uh, cognitive thinking, financial planning, parenting skills, and anger management. And so what we do is that we set it up like a school. And these men go through these particular modules uh, three times a day, two hours per day. Two, I mean, I'm sorry, two hours uh, per class. And it's a five-days-a-week class. And what we do is that... Um, we do what we call a pre-assessment and post-assessment so we can begin to identify the impacts that we've made uh, since this individual have come into our program. And then once that is done, 30 days to 60 days before they get released, we do a transitional reentry plan that allows them to be able to look at the resources that they need and identify where and how those things could be accomplished. Now, once these individuals complete this program and they're getting ready to transition, we offer what we call post-release transitional services. And these post-release transitional services consist of housing, uh, where we provide housing, we get them closed, we help with their IDs, we help with driver's license, birth certificate, bus passes, cell phones, food. We get them matched with a mentor. We take them through a work development program and then we track these individuals to really get a true evidence approach about how it's been impacted. Now, I can say this, truly, that what we found out was was that when these individuals go through this program, if these individuals receive transitional services that we provided, our program has had a 10% recidivism. And what we found that even when they didn't receive any of these services, the recidivism rose up to 40%. Hmm. So you can see the impact in terms of what happens when you are there working on the pre- and post-side. And that's why I, really, uh, I re- really like the fact that when these churches come on board and they get involved, that they understand the value of what it is. It's not that we're just coming in, to preach the gospel, but we need to make the gospel relevant to these people and that they can be able to see Jesus in a sense where it's not so much, and I don't want us to get me wrong here, is that when a man comes up to you in the prison and say, I need a pair of shoes, it shouldn't be all about, well, let's pray about it. Jesus, is, where he was the person who made things relevant, in people's lives. And I think that's what the church is really needs to get at is to make a reverence.
1: You're so right. You're so right. And as we uh, go down to the jails, and i have met you on uh, different uh, occasions down there, that we know that there's a great need. Now, James, uh, now how would churches get involved in it? Was it large or small? A lot of times we know about the big mega churches getting involved in it. But also there's a need for the smaller, the homegrown churches to be actively involved in this type of ministry because, you know, that's where you get your growth at when, you're there, when you can be a one-on-one mentor in, there in a small environment. How would a, a church get involved in something like this?
0: Well, what I try to do is, first of all, uh, I get a chance to meet with uh, the people who are uh, considered to be the leaders of the church. And what I try to do is uh, I I give them a a church survey to fill out because I want to really know in terms of what it is that they have been doing in terms of prison ministry, what they have not been doing in prison ministry, and what they desire to do in prison ministry. Through that survey, it helps me to begin to try to understand how we will be able to better go in and communicate some things to help them to get involved. And uh, the other thing is is that um, in order for them to be able to get involved, too, they have to get certified, and that means they have to go through the TDCJ volunteer training. And so once that is done – um, then what we can do is we can talk about, based on the survey, talk about some of the things that they can possibly do in terms of their prison ministry, whether it is pre or whether it's post. Uh, normally what we try to do with churches who are just beginning in prison ministry, we try to really get them going during the post side because it really gives them the opportunity to work with people who are coming out of the prison system and then Once they get used to that, then we begin to start working with them inside the prison system. But you know as well as I know, inside the institution is a whole other different world. And so understanding that culture and understanding those very things, I think it would be helpful for them to understand the people first as opposed to understanding the system.
1: Amen. man, Yes.
0: So if if they desire to want to get involved with that, you know, all we have to do is give me a call, and certainly we would uh, come and visit with them at their church and talk about the opportunities that we have and um, take them through the process of being able to get certified uh, through the system. And then what we do is is that we can be able to get them uh, committed to doing a project once a week down at their unit.
1: All right. Now you said something about uh you know the, the inmate a mentor, how important it is to have them matched up with the right church because we know that you know sometimes we go there and we feel disconnected. Doing your survey and your observation though, you're attempting to reach the needs of the uh uh of the inmates through the church facility. How important it is to have a, a matching uh connection there.
0: Well, what we found out was too is that um it didn't work. Uh, as strong as what we thought it was when the inmates got out of prison and then we began to start matching. And what, what we found out was was that the mentoring needs to begin on the pre-side. Okay. And then, then the mentoring continues on the post-side. And what I say is because oftentimes when people get out of these prisons, um, we need to be able to really understand the mindset of these individuals once they get released understanding that they're coming out of an antisocial environment and then they're coming into a pro-social lifestyle, we need to understand that coming from a place where you only made one or two decisions a day to a place where you have to make 50 or 60 decisions a day, it's really a challenge. And so therefore, what we found out when they got out and we started matching with them, we forgot that it became so overwhelming for these people to be able to deal with the day-to-day issues that even trying to put someone in their lives and have them to say, hey, hope, don't do this and don't do that, we found that it was probably more great of a challenge. Now, it does work, don't get me wrong, but the fact of the meeting is the challenge was greater. So we found that if they start from a pre side, they begin to start developing this relationship and this trust and understanding the dialogue and how this individual mentor is communicating and how the mentee is communicating back. And once they get released, um, then it's a better transition that will take place. Now, how we go about matching is, is that we we look at the gender, age, hobby, uh, of interest, uh, uh, and also we. I want to make this clear, too, is that we do not, uh, work with non-violent offenders. I mean, we don't work with violent offenders. I'm sorry, only non-violent offenders. Those who may have a third-degree felony, like a check theft or credit card or something of that nature. So we match them up based on those particular areas and demographics as well, because we definitely want them to be able to make sure that they can get there to where they live at. So that that, and then we take these mentors through a, a training. Uh, a six-hour training, and then we bring them back three months later do a retraining. Uh, and then what we do is we uh, have a mentor and mentee fellowship, just kind of share each other's experiences and hopes that we've had with one another, and uh, and see how we can be able to be a help to them.
1: All right, all right. That sounds like that's a, quite a, uh, a quite a program there, and I see the success rate in that it, that you already shared with us is real high because I see the care that's involved in that. Now uh, uh Jane and we uh now you had said earlier that, that inmates that you are dealing with are non offenders which is a great thing and that's a good thing for the churches and anyone to know that that hey you don't have to be concerned with this person going off the deep edge or anything. But uh, I but I just wanted to uh for you to share with us about the uh, mentoring portion of that, how important it is to have a uh, for those guys, uh, young men that's coming out of here to have a mentor with them. Could you share well, that with would...
0: Because what we what we found is too is that mentoring uh, can be a way of of uh, holding these people accountable to the very things that they need to accomplish while they get out, and also it could be important because mentoring becomes an advocacy. Mentors are advocating on behalf of these people because these mentors can have the ability to speak with people or come into existence with information that they may have not be privileged to have. And then once their mentor has an opportunity to watch them and to see how they're making progress, they can be able to speak to people about getting jobs and given opportunity for work development programs, those kind of things. And it also helps them to be able to get connected to a good church. Uh, the mentor would, 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 would come to him from a spiritual side. And, and what we don't want to do is that, that the mentor always make decisions for the mentees. We want the, the mentors to help with the process of making decisions. And what we found out is that when – those individuals begin to start spending more time cultivating their relationship, um, we find, too, is that um, it has a great impact in in, in recidivism as well, uh, where people wind up staying out of prison because they've made a connection with some people who really have become stakeholders to them. They have invested their time and effort in order for them to be able, and they believe in these people and understand that these people are really in positions of opportunity. And so that's what we think how important mentoring is. It's so important because the Bible talks about the relationships of what mentoring is all about. It's, script, it's scripture and that there was accountability in the, in the lives of all of the, the, the men that God was working with and who God had with um, in the Bible.
1: Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And I'm I'm glad to see that this program is making a difference. Now, James, on the flip side of this here, as the guys that went through the program and they started uh, being able to be reunited in society, have you saw them uh, uh, coming back and been a part of that program, or can they actually be a part of what what they've been exposed to?
0: Uh, Great question. Uh, Yes, we've seen uh, where men have gone through this process and now, have reached back and I want to say this is that I myself um, I have a a history of uh, being a heroin addict for 18 years and uh, I've been out of prison now for 26 years and one of the very things that I said to God was was that Lord that um, I'm going to die so these brothers can live in other words that I was going to make a commitment to go back and get those brothers that I left behind and I and I and this is one of the messages that I certainly make it very clear to all our program participants, all our inmate program participants, about the goal in mind is to get yourself prepared, to get ready to come back and come back and get the brothers that you left behind. Because right. we see the impact of what it is that when these people come back that that they can tell their stories and tell their testimonies about their social and economical struggles and spiritual struggles that they've had, but yet they've persevered and allowed them to be able to come back and be able to help them. Now, in order for them to do that, right now TDCJ has just changed the policy where it used to be they had to wait for 18 to 2 years now. But now TDC has changed the policy that they can wait for 9 months and come back in. But with the mindset of they have to show. They have to show TDCJ through someone like a pastor or or, or, or a mentor or someone to indicate what impact have you had since your release in your community, in your church, with your family, and your workplace, and in your spiritual developed life. So if you can show that as a result of them, they're willing to open the door and let us come back in there.
1: All right, that's a blessing. Now, now, Jane, now, uh, do y'all have something in place just as a uh, uh, appreciation to show the uh, ex offenders and the mentoring that you appreciate what they're doing? Do you put together a banquet? or have a picnic or yearly. What is y'all doing on the social side to, uh, to you know to bring about a, a fullness of an individual? Wow,
0: that's man. Y'all tell you hitting some some good questions here, man. Um, we I, I tell you what we what what I found out was I got very frustrated with the fact that the media uh began to start always putting out negative connotation about people coming out of prison, and so God has spoke to me about being able to create a platform for these men and women so that the that the public and the communities can see that these men have made tremendous strides, these women have made tremendous strides in terms of being what we call no more of a liability but have become an asset. All and right. so what I did was every year now, this is my 10th year, every year we honor those men and women who've made a successful transition from prison to community where they have made an impact in volunteerism, community, uh, family, church. And what we do is we bring them back, and we have a big event in the park. We have 300 people out there. We have vendors. We have free food. We have games for the kids. We have door prizes, and we give out awards, and we give the recipients money uh, uh, as an appreciation, a little token of appreciation to show how much we are really proud of them making an impact. So that's what we do every year. We, we bring them back to show the community that these men and women have made great strides, and not only just themselves, but helping others now since they got released. And so I want to invite you to our 10th annual uh, Praise in the Park celebration this October, and I will keep you posted on on um, the uh, time. And it would be held at the Jubilee Park over there in East Dallas.
1: Right. I'm familiar with that park there. Great. <laughs> that is so exciting. And Rita, I asked because, uh, you know, as people are developing a sense of connection with the community, they want to be able to give back. And sometimes in the church environment, we tell people, you ain't ready yet. You ain't there yet. No, 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 no. Let these people be affected. Let them be used. And myself, I went through some things, and, and I had that same urgency to, hey, to give back, to help someone. And that's what we're doing here. And, Jane, I am so honored to have you on this show here. Brother, I see you, and I know that you have a heart for what you're doing. And, and how long have you been involved in this? I know that, uh, that overall now, I know that you went through different aspects of of ministry, but how long have you been involved in the jail and prison ministry? Uh, 21 years. 21 years. And, hey, man, and, and, and guess what, Jane? And uh, and you seen the change a lot, and you've changed a lot in that 21 years.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I, I tell you, that's true. That's true. I've changed a great, great deal. A lot to, uh, to really begin to start seeing how truly uh, that I remember that I was useless, but now I'm useful. <laughs> I like that right there. And, you know, James, I done, uh, met guys
1: during my ministry uh, at various times, and I share with them. I go down to Hutchinson. and they ask me, do you know James Reed? So I know it makes a difference, brother. <laughs> I know it makes a difference in life. And guys, <laughs> you know, when they speak your name and I say something about you, their eyes light up, and they say, hey, man, I know <laughs> about this program, and he helped me get a license, and he helped me get a place or whatever it may be. You know, yes. And I know that it, it makes a difference in their lives. And, and brother, you are doing things that last e- uh, eternity in these men's and women's lives here. Amen. Well, now, James, now uh, are you able to, uh, now I know that Hutchinson is just a men facility. Now, are you able to work with the women also? Do you have a staff that of uh, dedicated women to be able to meet the needs of our young ladies that's incarcerated?
0: Yes, we do. We are in partnership with the, uh, at Dawson State Jail. Uh, with a program called Hope Literacy Program, and and that works directly with the women, and so yeah, we we definitely do uh, uh, service to them as well, um, and that uh, we we certainly have opportunities for women to to get involved on the pre side as well, if they choose to the desire to do that.
1: Hey, oh, hey,
0: amen. Now, Jane, uh, we're getting ready to wind down
1: this interview. Will you please uh share with our audience again how to get in touch with you and how to be a part of what you're doing and, and how to bring churches along uh on board and let them know that this here is is a worthwhile uh this is a worthwhile program and this is something that's you know, there's a cost involved everything. In First thing people want to know how much it costs. But a lot of times you can't put a price tag on stuff like this. Right. You can't you can't exactly. put a price tag on it. Right. And so would you just uh, share with us uh uh how to get in touch with you and and uh, what steps it takes to be involved in a ministry like this
0: Okay yeah um you can get in touch with me at uh 214 uh 777 5520 and uh our office is located at 3101 Greenwood Dallas Texas 75204 and um and certainly give us a call. And what I would do is set up an appointment uh, for you to meet with us down at my office, and then we can necessarily take you through uh, the uh, the vision and the mission of our, our our ministry, and and then take you through the process of what we need to do to get you certified, and get you trained as a mentor, and um, and then we can just see where the Lord lands. So uh, so that that's. You know that's that's how you can be able to get in touch with us and get involved. And certainly, I, I'm really looking for more churches as I speak, uh, because we're getting ready to. Um, the warden down at Hutchins State Jail has seen the impact of our faith-based initiative program, and we're we having 116 men in that program now. He wants us to take over the whole building, and uh, and and which is uh, actually going to be 400 and 254 men, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 254 inmates uh, in that whole building that he wants us to take over and create it as a faith dorm or faith building. So uh, we're excited about that. So that means I'm going to need more help.
1: All right. Now, now oh, James, I, uh, I want to ask you this. Now, as you go down there and do your program, what, how's your program structured? Just briefly now. Uh, I know that it, it changed, but how does it structured when, you uh, when you're when going in there and doing a program?
0: Okay, basically what it is is that um, like I said, is that we have several programs that go on each day. Uh, uh, two hours uh, per day. I mean, I'm sorry, two hours per class, three classes per day. Now, it's set up to where as though each offender uh, goes through processing and applies for the program. Um, they send me an I-60 and request that they want to be in the program. Then we then we take them through an orientation. The orientation tells them about the program, et cetera, et cetera, and they must have 59 months left on their sentence. Um, and then once those individuals have enough time on their sentence, they also are. Identify whether or not they're gang members, or whether or not if they have uh, mental issues, or those kind of things. And those individuals are, we don't accept in our program unless uh, there is there is a, uh, a, a a warden who decides that they they want to give this guy a shot because he's changed. Um, and so once he gets into the program, we put together 12 leaders within the within the, uh, the program. That's responsible, and I want to be mindful of this: is that the program is this has been designed. Eighty percent of the program was designed by the inmates, not by me. All right, by the inmates because they have to have a buy into this concept of how they're going to live in it, and so they were the ones that came up and created these these uh, rules and guidelines, and that uh, we meet with them regularly. These twelve leaders that's in the program, we meet with them weekly to help them become even more positive leaders within the community, within the program. And so, um, so basically they go to class every day, and no television is allowed, only on weekends. Um, we listen to gospel music down there. We got uh, videos. Uh, we have counseling, case management going on every day. And so that's pretty much what it is. And then we have, you know, churches come in and facilitate and to teach class and, teach the curriculum. So that's how it's set up. And we hold them accountable to make sure they go to class. We have attendance uh, being taken and uh, and all that stuff.
1: All right. That sounds great. That sounds great. That's a worthwhile program. Now, James, now, uh, uh, there's so much we can talk about, brother. I keep uh, well the end is here, but things popping up now. Juvenile, this this program that we uh, that we have here is set up for juvenile. Do you have any dealing or working with our young men that's uh,
0: that's in juvenile? No, unfortunately, not. Don't. No. Um, now, uh, I can tell you this though is that in our uh, organization we have a youth uh, development organization. Um, but it's not designed so much to work with the juveniles that are incarcerated. it's so much as working with those individual kids who are in high school preparing for college
1: and okay. so we have
0: a program that helps those particular kids in neighborhoods that uh, we work with uh through our community development program so right oh, you know, we don't we don't do any uh any work with juveniles in the institution.
1: As
0: of yet, right. Rena. Re- I said that
1: because I do juvenile ministry also, and I have an opportunity to go down there to the uh, youth village at Matlock, and I try to encourage the guys that they want to they want to end it right there. They want to go down the street to the Hutchison, uh to the Hutchison prison there, and I know right. that you're doing a great thing where you're trying to redirect the men's minds and to get them uh, back into the society. And so I- my hat goes off to you and your staff for doing a great job. James, thank you again, brother, because you have been a blessing to us this morning, here. And as <laughs> as, as, like as, as, as this interview is widely dialed, brother, uh, keep up the good work, and we know that it's worthwhile. And, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm getting ready to go and, and speak to a church today, and I would love to be able to share your portion of ministry, and also give your number out to anyone that may be interested in getting involved in this type of ministry. See my guest, my brother. See my guest. Great. James, stay in touch. Please let us know when you're going to have your uh, picnic, brother, because we we go there. We like to know some guys over there, too. Because me and you, we do the same thing, so we'll be right at home, you know. And, and, and James, you have a blessed day. And please uh, feel free to go back and, uh, and listen to this uh, program. Again, it's archived. It's on Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to send you a link. If I hadn't already and that way you can go back and listen to it and you can just share. I got and Jay I tell you what, in the future we would love to have some of the guys that uh that are doing great in the program to come and share and tell you know share with us about the difference that this program that you're involved in have made in their lives and their families.
0: Absolutely. Love to do it.
1: Okay I'll tell you what, we'll try to scale it for uh, prior to your uh uh your picnic. We'll setting up for the oh. fall of the year. That way we we'll get guys that are really making a difference. If that's Sounds okay good, with uh, you. All right, God
0: bless you, brother. You have a great day, and we'll do this again, okay? God bless you, man. Thanks again.
1: All right, God bless you. All right. Amen.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, Thank you.